We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, more about the critical importance of the upcoming August 23rd runoff election here in Oklahoma. If you live in this state, you must get out and vote for a variety of reasons, but perhaps foremost among them is the position of State Superintendent of Public Instruction. If we don't correct this mess, our culture is lost. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening into the show. Okay, yesterday I came out and I was very, very clear that I think everybody listening to this show needs to get out and vote for Ryan Walters for the Superintendent of Public Instruction position here in Oklahoma. The runoff is August 23rd, so if you're listening to me right now, get your smartphone out. I'm going to pause. I want you to get your smartphone out. Do it right now. Get your smartphone out and put on your calendar. August 23rd, vote in the runoff. Get out and do that. There are several positions that will be on the ballot that day. But the one that is so critical, so important, if you want to preserve your culture, if you want Oklahoma to remain the reddest of red states, if you want to enjoy the liberties that Oklahoma is known for, you need to get out and vote for Ryan Walters for the superintendent of public instruction position here in the state of Oklahoma. Why? Because freedom is in the balance. I've said it a thousand times over, what's taught in the classroom today will be practiced in your culture tomorrow. Education matters. Ideas matter. And Ryan Walters is standing up against the socialism, and that's what it is, the radical socialism that is grounded in Marxism. What's the difference between socialism and Marxism? Frankly, I'm not too sure there is much difference anymore because the socialist agenda is driven by Marxist ideology. And today I'm going to share with you why that matters. Just the issue of whether or not socialism is good or bad, whether or not Marxist ideology is superior to the traditional, the traditional ideas of private property, free enterprise, capitalism, and general constitutional liberties here in the United States. You can't have capitalism, free enterprise, and constitutional liberty. I'll say it again. You cannot have capitalism, free enterprise, and constitutional liberty. You can't have personal freedoms and the rights to private property, for example, and have socialism grounded in neo-Marxism prevail in our government structure. You can't. The two cannot coexist. They're antithetical to one another. They're opposites. They're at the opposite ends of the continuum. It's the law of non-contradiction. You can't say that you believe in private property and personal liberties and embrace neo-Marxist ideology and the socialist agenda of the radical left in our culture today. And why is this important when it comes to Ryan Walters and the state superintendent of public construction? It's because what's being taught in our schools is permeating our culture right now 
and your kids are graduating from your schools thinking that America is bad and China is good, thinking that our constitutional republic is grounded in bad ideas and that there's a better way. And the better way would be Castro. The better way would be Mao. The better way would be Red China versus the Red State of Oklahoma. If you've got kids that are embracing Black Lives Matter, for example, BLM, BLM is grounded in Marxism. They say it themselves. They don't apologize for it. The upraised fist that you see for BLM, Black Lives Matter, is the fist of communist revolution and overthrow. That's a fact. Go back and research where that fist comes from. Anytime you see that upraised fist, it is a fist of communist revolt. It's a, it's a fist that represents the overthrow of our form of government, of our economy, of our system. This is a fist that has resulted in well over 100 million people dead at the hands of those who've raised that fist over the course of over a century. Today, I'm going to play a clip for you from the Heritage Foundation to make my point, and then I'll tell you again, I'll tell you again, why you must vote for Ryan Walters for State Superintendent of Public Instruction if you want to stop this nonsense. Let's take a break, and when I get back, I'm going to play this Heritage Foundation clip. It's very important. You need to listen to every word of it. But before, before we take a break, get out your smartphone and put August 23rd on your smartphone to vote in the runoff election here in the state of Oklahoma. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. There's a Heritage Foundation uh, video clip that I posted this morning on my Facebook page. By the way, if you want to follow me and uh, access any of these episodes of The Rebellion or my books or my writing for The Washington Times or my commentary on Facebook, I'm going to give you that information again before we get into the rest of the show. I have three Facebook pages, by the way. I have one under Everett Piper, but that has maxed out at the 5,000 friends. You can follow me there. You can read up on the stuff I post there, but you can't, uh, you can't join that friend group because I don't know why, but Facebook puts an arbitrary limit of the number of friends you can accept at 5,000. So if you issue a friend request on my Everett Piper page, I can't accept you there because it's already maxed out, just FYI. My other Facebook page, which is a public personality page, is under Dr. Everett Piper. That's DR and then Everett Piper. Now, that Facebook page has an unlimited number of followers, so you might want to consider going there rather than my personal page, which is Everett Piper. And then I have my campaign page because, as you know, I'm running for county commissioner for District 1 here in Osage County, Oklahoma. And that page has... Uh, probably a little bit different uh, series of posts. I don't post everything on that page, just the stuff that I think is pertinent to that campaign. But you can follow me there too. So the page where you're going to get most everything I post is the Dr. Everett Piper Facebook page. So that's how to follow me on Facebook. I have a Twitter account, and uh, that is under Dr. Everett Piper. That's Dr. Everett Piper. And then I have a Parler account, a MeWe account, and a Gab account. So if you want to follow me on social media and get access to some of this commentary as well as other stuff that I post, that's the way to, that's the way to follow me. Now, my website is dreverettpiper.com, D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R.com. And there you can access my books, 
my articles for the Washington Times. One more time, my articles for the Washington Times. And um, you can schedule me to speak at your church or your political organization, your fundraiser, whatnot. And you also have access to columns and Not a Daycare, uh, my bestseller, as well as the sequel, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. And there are also archived issues of all of the rebellion accessible there via my um, website. Okay, so enough of that. All right, so I'm going to play a clip. It's uh, it's eight minutes long, so don't get impatient. This Every word that this man says here at the Heritage Foundation is critically important. This was a, from a presentation that was made December 13th, 2020 at the Heritage Foundation by a scholar who was talking about the history and the facts, the evidence, the actual the actual documented evidence of the consequences of communism. Now listen to this. In the context of asking yourself, do your students know any of this? Do your kids know anything about what this man is talking about? Do your teachers in your local public schools know anything about this? And are they even trying to educate your kids into the reality of what this man is saying? Okay, Heritage Foundation, December 13th, 2020. Here you go. The victims of communism were not the thousands of the Inquisition, the thousands of American lynching, nor even by far the six million dead from Nazi extermination. The best scholarship yields numbers that the mind must struggle to comprehend. Scores and scores and scores and scores of millions of individual bodies. Alexander Yakovlev, Gorbachev's right-hand man in the final Politburo, examined the archives for the last Soviet leader and came away a deeply changed and scarred man. He let us know that 60 million were slain in the Soviet Union alone. The Chinese author Yong Chang and her historian husband had access to scores of Mao Zedong's collaborators and to the detailed Russian archives on Mao. In Mao, the unknown story, they reached the figure of 70 million individual human lives snuffed out by Mao's deliberate choices. If we count those dead of starvation from the communist desire and ability to experiment with human interactions in agriculture, we may add 30 million to 40 million in three years of China alone. See the work of Frank de Cutter, see the work of Yang Yishong. The communist Khmer Rouge in China, excuse me, the communist Khmer Rouge under a Pol Pot educated in Paris in his politics by French communist intellectuals slaughtered one-fifth to one-fourth of the entire Cambodian population in each and every regime, shot, dead by deliberate exposure, starved, murdered in work camps and prisons meant to extract every last fiber of labor and then kill them. 
What might have one expected when the Iron Curtain fell? What didn't occur? What was the dog that did not bark in the night? Where were the celebrations? Where were the accountings? Our schools, universities, and media do not teach our children any differently now about the human consequences of individual liberty and divided power in the real world. Our children do not know what happened under communism in any domain. Those who depend on our media and our films do not know. Our culture lives on without self-belief, belief in liberty, or any moral understanding of our extraordinary place in the dignity and improvement of mankind. I am honored to be among individuals and organizations here that work to change that moral catastrophe. The communist Holocaust, like the Nazi, should have brought forth a flowering of Western art and witness and sympathy and an ocean of tears. Instead, it has called forth a glacier of indifference. Kids who in the 1960s had portraits of Mao and Che on their college walls, the exact moral equivalent of having hung portraits of Hitler and Goebbels on their walls, came to teach our children about the moral superiority of their generation. It is precisely because the lessons that would be taught by knowledge that no revision of the curriculum occurs. It is because of those lessons that they are not taught. For at least a generation, intellectual contempt for liberal society has been at the core of the humanities and the soft social sciences. This has accelerated, not changed, since the fall of the Berlin Wall, and our children do not know about the victims, the slaughter, the Everest of bodies. Ask as I did for 50 years, ask freshmen at universities, how many died under Stalin's regime? They will answer thousands, tens of thousands. It's the equivalent of saying Hitler killed scores or hundreds of Jews. As for the mea culpas, we await them in vain. When General Eisenhower heard that the German residents of a nearby city didn't know about a death camp whose stench should have reached their nostrils, he marched them well-dressed through the rotting corpses and made them help dispose of the dead. The mayor of Saxe-Gotha and his wife hanged themselves on their return. We lack Eisenhower's authority. Milan Kundera, the great Czech novelist, stated the moral reality with clarity. What about those with good intentions, he asked. Kundera wrote, quote, 
when Oedipus realized that he himself was the cause of their suffering. He put out his eyes and wandered blind away from Thebes, unable to stand the sight of the misfortune he had wrought by not knowing. He put out his eyes and wandered blind away from Thebes, end quote. Let the apologists for communism acknowledge the dead, bury the dead, and atone for the dead. Otherwise, let them be forgiven only when they have wandered blind away from Thebes. Let Western intellectuals learn the words of Requiem, written during the Stalinist terror by Anna Akhmatova, the great Russian poet of the 20th century. Quote, I will remember them always and everywhere. I will never forget them, no matter what comes, close quote. The bodies demand accounting, apology, and repentance. Without such things, the age of communism lives. Without such things, there remains a Berlin wall of the mind and spirit that has not fallen. Our public schools and most of our private schools teach almost nothing about this. It is not their narrative. We must change that. Schools, curriculum, if those who believe in freedom continue to permit their children to be taught by those who don't know, they truly have only themselves to blame. May the work of those here prosper. Thank you. So there you have it. Now, I took a long time in today's show to allow you to listen to that entire clip. Again, that was a presentation made at the Heritage Foundation on December 13th, 2020, just a couple of years ago. Why? Because education matters. Education matters. What you're seeing right now in our culture is the consequence of terrible education. Everything that we're dealing with on a daily basis, I would argue everything, is the result of the breakdown of our schools. This is a one-string banjo that I play all the time. I, I go back to the well every other day in terms of the consequence of ideas. I've said it a thousand times over on this show. Ideas matter. Ideas have consequences. You've heard me refer to Richard Weaver's 1948 seminal work. A dozen, two dozen, five times, you know, I don't know how many times I've referred to it on this show. But you should be able to say what I'm going to say next. Ideas matter. Ideas have consequences. Ideas never lie fallow. They always bear fruit. Good ideas, good culture, good community, good country, good kids. Bad ideas, the opposite. What you're seeing right now is the consequence of bad ideas. Your kids are going to school where, let's just, let's just look at uh, critical theory. Ryan Walters has come out and spoken against critical theory. He supports HB 1775, House Bill 1775 here in the state of Oklahoma, 
which has made it illegal to teach our children that one race is superior to another race or one race is inferior to another race. It's illegal for teachers to teach in the state of Oklahoma that the color of a person's skin has anything to do with their value, with their moral standards, with their ethical absolutes or lack thereof. It's illegal to teach that the color of a person's skin should be any pretext for judging who they are or explaining who they are. Well, that's just the way they are because they look that way. It's illegal in the state of Oklahoma to teach that. But critical theory is grounded in that very assumption. It's grounded in the conflict of one group against another. What is that grounded in? That's Marxism. The class conflict? Well, now it's the racial conflict. The bourgeoisie versus the proletariat? Well, that didn't work so well because, actually, communists were watching, Marxists were watching, and they recognized that capitalist society, like the United States, like Western Europe, were actually providing for their people. The end result was good, not bad. People enjoyed more prosperity rather than less. The fruits of their labor actually actually accrued to their advantage in Western Europe and countries that leaned capitalist, free enterprise, private property, personal liberty. So the Marxists recognized we're not going to win this one. We're not going to win this on the basis of economic conflict. We've got to create another conflict. And thus, out of the Frankfurt School is born another Marxist movement called critical theory. Now, they set aside, well, at least to some measure, this conflict between bourgeoisie versus proletariat, the economic issue. However, it's still there. It's still latent. It's hiding in the shadows. But right now, the conflict is black versus white. Uh, critical theory is grounded in conflict, racial conflict, uh, white supremacy, white privilege, tear down the patriarchy, patriarchal systems, uh, queering, quote-unquote, the nuclear family. So critical theory is against the nuclear family. It's against patriarchy, i.e. fatherhood. It's against the Judeo-Christian ethic, which assumes personal responsibility, personal re repentance, because there's personal culpability. All of, this, all of this stuff goes the way of the dinosaur, because in the mind of the Marxist, the collective matters more than the individual. It, personal responsibility, personal property personal initiative. None of these things are a priority. In fact, they're bad in the mind of the Marxist. It's the collective that matters. We are the ones. We are the people. Okay? This is what matters for the Marxist. And this is what your kids are being taught. When you look at the reaction of the public schools to the Black Lives Matter movement or to critical theory, they, they label you and me uh, racist if we even bother to question it. First of all, any time there's an ad hominem attack, an attack of the person, a shooting of the messenger, just because somebody raises their hand and says, wait a second, this doesn't make any sense. We're, we're, we're embracing an idea that could lead to bad places. Anytime you're attacked and called a bigot or a racist or uh, they use the, uh, the phobic language against you because they don't like their ideas, anytime you see somebody do that, it's proof that their ideas are weak and they don't have any response other than to shoot the messenger. That's, that's a terrible response. So when people call me names, for example, they say, well, you're a homophobe because you talk against the LGBTQIA agenda. No, disagreement is not fear. Phobia, what's that mean? It means fear. 
You know, if you're an acrophobe, you're afraid of heights. And I'm not afraid of those people who engage in a given sexual activity. I disagree with their actions. I disagree with their ideas. I disagree with their moral assumptions. That doesn't make me afraid of them. But even saying that, you know, well, you're a bigot. No, I'm not a bigot. Disagreement does not make me a bigot. If it does, you're the bigot because you disagree with me. So it's a self-refuting claim. You get my point? Anytime these people shoot the messenger, which they always do when it comes to this issue of Black Lives Matter. Well, you're, you're a racist. Don't you believe that all Black Lives Matter? Well, of course I do. I believe that all lives matter. Oh, well, you're a racist for saying that all lives matter. Really? Why does that make me a racist? See, what they're doing is they're trying to hide their communist agenda, their Marxist agenda, which, which the founders of BLM themselves embrace. And BLM gets funding from, here it comes, Red China. Did you know that? BLM gets a lot of its funding from Chinese communist groups. Why? Because they're a Marxist organization. And the stunning thing is your school teachers, your local schools, the principals, the superintendents, and the teachers themselves either don't understand this because they haven't taken the time to read, or they do understand it and they don't care. And guess what your teachers are teaching your kids? They're teaching them that America is bad and Marxism is good and that we need to solve America's problems by embracing socialism, communism, Marxism, the collective versus the individual. We need to tear the system down and build a new one up. And guess what the new one will be? It's not going to be one that embraces private property, personal responsibility, and personal rights. It's going to be one that celebrates the collective at the expense of the individual. Why should you vote for Ryan Walters on August 23rd? Is because he's the only one that will stand against this. He's the only, only one that apparently understands it because April Grace, his opponent in, the, in this Republican primary, is endorsed by the National Education Association and the Oklahoma Education Association. And these unions are deeply grounded in critical theory, BLM, CRT, LGBTQIA, SJW, they're deeply committed to the collective versus the individual. America's bad in their mind. We've got to tear it down. We've got to build it up. A new system, a new way of life. Raise the fist. Raise the fist. The Marxist fist, proudly. That's what they're saying. Ryan Walters understands that we need to break that educational model and start teaching our kids that America is actually exceptional and good. Our Constitution, though not perfect, is a document that has lended itself to more human freedom than any other, any other covenant in the history of humanity, except for the Ten Commandments. And, frankly, the Constitution is grounded in the Ten Commandments, so the two go hand in hand. Ryan Walters understands that. Get out and vote. August 23rd. August 23rd, in the runoff for Ryan Walters for Superintendent of Public Instruction. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.